yummy. Yummy. Delish. Delish. This mouth-watering treat has always tantalized our taste buds. The combination of crispy crust, tangy tomatoes, and melted cheese mixing together melts in your mouth as you munch away. Fire up the brick oven. We're going to prepare a piping hot pizza pie on today's FYI. Welcome to For Your Info. English. You got it. Hello, amigos, and welcome to another exciting edition of FYI for your English, the show where we learn about all kinds of different topics every week. Remember, if there's a topic you want to hear about, let me know. I'm all ears. I'd always like to learn about new topics myself. And as I always tell you guys, you aren't the only ones learning here with this podcast. And if you are learning and you're having fun, don't forget to spread the word. Also, leave us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And all that stuff helps us become more visible so more people can discover what you've already discovered. FYI. Now, today we we are going to talk about my favorite food in the whole wide world. That's right, my favorite food. Because, you know, everybody asks you this question all the time. If you could only have one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? I don't even think, not even a fraction of a second, and I answer... Pizza. Hello. <laughs> I love pizza. You can ask my wife uh, if it were if it were my decision, si fuera decisión mía, or as we say, if it were up to me. Well, I think we would have pizza every day in this house. Yeah, I know. I know. That's why it's good that she's here to balance things out, equilibrar las cosas un poco más. So let's take a look at our intro. As always, I uh, I like to put a lot of different vocabulary in the intro. We started with some munching. Yeah, I hate people who are loud chewers, right? To chew is masticar, and loud is evidentemente en alto. And we all know people who are loud chewers. They're munching away. But you know what? When it comes to pizza, I myself tend to make some disgusting noises. I can't help it. When I see pizza, I just want to pig out. Forget it. I don't even have to see pizza. Just smelling it drives me crazy. It makes my mouth start to water. And this is what I told you I started the show with. This mouth-watering treat. So we can use it as an adjective. It's mouth-watering or it makes your mouth water. And a treat is something we love. I talked about the word treat in our ice cream episode. If you haven't heard that episode, you'll see I talk about our favorite frozen treats. I think it was something like that. Something with alliteration. No doubt about it. I said this mouth-watering treat has always tantalized our taste buds. And here's another good word, to tantalize. To tantalize is like uh, atormentar o tentar. It's always just begging for us to take a bite. A bite es un mordisco. Viene del verbo bite. 
eh, es un verbo irregular. We say bite, bit, bitten. And then I use the word taste buds. Now, this is a tough word for me in Spanish to pronounce, so I, I looked it up. Papilas gustativas. Yeah, I think it's a bit easier in English. Taste buds. It has always tantalized our taste buds. Then I said the combination. Remember, you can also say the word combo. The combo of crispy crust. And I know you guys know the word crispy from McDonald's and their crispy chicken, right? And what is this pronunciado a la española, right? Crispy chicken. And what is this, uh, what is it known for? Well, for having a little bit of a crisp, un poco de crunch. Then I said tangy tomatoes, and there I go with my alliteration again. The word tangy is eh, fuertes o ácidos, so tangy tomatoes. Now, remember, if you're British, you don't say tomato, you say tomato. <laughs> oh, man. But since pizza is more associated with the United States, we're going to say tomato on this episode. Oh, and don't forget about the melted cheese. Oh, man, that gooey goodness. Uh, something that is gooey is very kind of uh, viscoso, I think you say in Spanish. But these advertisers, estos anunciantes, they know what they're doing. I mean, how many times have you seen this image in a TV commercial for pizza where they're, you know, stretching that cheese and you're seeing that gooey goodness, as I called it before, and what does it do? It makes you want to call and order a pizza. <laughs> of course it does. Then I said, it melts in your mouth. Se te derrite en la boca. It melts in your mouth. Kind of like M&M's, as you munch away. The word we looked at before, to munch, is to eat. So to munch away is to continue eating. Then I said, fire up the brick oven. To fire up is another way to say encender. Fire up the brick oven. And there's nothing like brick oven pizza. Anybody who's ever had brick oven pizza will know that it is the tastiest, crispiest, yummiest pizza in the whole wide world. And my mouth is watering already. Then I, I said, we're going to prepare a piping hot pizza pie on today's FYI. So we're going to prepare a piping hot. Piping hot means that something is very hot. It's extremely hot. A piping hot pizza pie. And why did I say pie? No es un postre? Pie? Well, no. Well, yes, it is. It's a dessert. But also, a pie is what we call a full pizza. Una pizza familiar would be a pizza pie. Of course, you can get it in individual slices as well. And we're going to look at all the different kinds of pizza a little bit later on in today's show. Let's take a look at the history of pizza. We know that the word pizza dates back to over a thousand years. So it's it's an, a word that's been around for a long time. And it was first mentioned in Latin text, in texto in Latin, which they found in southern Italy in the year 997 CE. CE means common era. Another way to express this is AD, which is anno domini in Latin, in the year of our Lord. Well, call it whatever you want. It was a long, long time ago, way before any of us were born. But that's the word. And you can't eat the word. When did the first documented pizzeria open? Well, this was supposedly in Port 
Alba in Naples, Italy. That's right. And this was in the late 1800s. Now, you can call it a pizzeria or a pizza parlor. We call it in the United States a pizzeria or a pizza parlor. Either one of those is fine. But the first one dates back to the late 1800s in, of course, Naples, Italy. One of the first famous people to take note of this pizza trend, esta tendencia that was happening over in Naples, Italy, was a man named Alexander Dumas. Do you guys recognize this name? Alexander Dumas, the author of The Three Musketeers. That's right, he was an early fan of pizza. He had traveled to Naples where he observed that the Neapolitan people, especially the poor people, well, they ate nothing but watermelon. This was in the summer. They would eat watermelon, which is sandilla. But in the winters, in el invierno, they ate pizza. And he took note and he said, well, wait, this is interesting, this food that these poor people are eating. So imagine that. Pizza was initially a poor man's food. But if you think about it, it's bread, right? Dough, masa, cheese, and tomatoes. So you don't really need, you know, expensive ingredients such as seafood, marisco. I mean, you can put seafood on a pizza, but it's not necessary. So I, I think there's no mystery there. Pizza came from Italy. Now, that doesn't mean that other cultures didn't have their own versions of a flatbread with cheese. And if you look into other cultures, from Indian cultures to Turkish, all different cultures have a variation of pizza. Have you guys ever had the, the cheese bread when you order Indian food? I mean, that's kind of pizza without the sauce. It's like a white pizza, if you will. So the idea of, you know, toasting bread and putting cheese and different spices on it is nothing new. But there's only one country that can claim pizza, and that is Italy. I don't think anybody will debate that one with you. However, the United States, as always, we've taken it and we've done our own thing. We came up with our own version. And now in this next section, we're going to focus a little bit on pizza in the USA, where we took it to a whole nother level. Or as we say in English, we took it and ran with it. If you take it and run with it means that you do something good with it. You know, you really go above and beyond. And to go above and beyond is hacer más de lo que se esperaba de ti. And speaking of más, do you know how many pizzerias there are across the United States? Are you ready? A whopping 70,000 pizzerias. 70,000 pizzerias in Los Estados Unidos. I remember in New York City, I mean, there were, on one block, you can find two or three pizzerias. And you know what? Most of them had pretty decent pizza. But it wasn't always popular in the United States. For example, during the first few decades of the 20th century, el siglo XX, the 20th, fijaos, no digo 20th, digo 20th, pizza was predominantly eaten and sold by working-class Italian immigrants. So the Italian immigrants, when they went over to the United States, they brought their traditions with them. They brought their dishes, sus platos, and obviously pizza was on the list. And it didn't catch on right away. No era muy popular desde el principio. It took a while. First, it was, as I said, uh, more popular in the Italian communities. But then came... 
something we like to call World War II. Yeah, does that ring a bell or suena? World War II. And this was when the American pizza boom really started. Post World War II. After World War II, the American GIs, now a GI is a general infantry, okay? General infantry is, I think, the, the lowest soldier. De hecho, seguro que os suena de GI Joe. So these GIs, they came home from Italy, you know, because they were serving in Europe, many of them, where the Second World War took place. And when they went back to the United States, they went back with a craving. A craving is un antojo, or el mono, as you guys say. They had a craving for what? Pizza. This food that they were eating out there during the Second World War, they said, we got to bring this back home. This is too good. We got to share it with everybody we know. And what they did is by bringing it back home, and I don't mean actually bringing pizza, but bringing this love of pizza back with them, well, that was our first pizza boom. So we have the, the war and the soldiers to thank for popularizing pizza in the United States. Of course, the Italian immigrants first, but it wasn't until the soldiers got a hold of it that everybody said, this stuff is amazing. The first pizza parlor or pizza place, as I said, in the United States was uh, Lombardi's. Now, this was the first one, and the good news is you can still go to Lombardi's. And where do you think it's located? You guessed it, New York City. Now, it originally opened as a grocery store. Remember, a grocery store is una tienda de, de cosas que comemos, no supermercado, vamos, a grocery store. And then they started selling pizza in 1905. Well, if you if you go into Lombardi's today, you will still get that pizza. Now, I don't know if it's the same recipe, but that place is an institution in the United States. If you ever go to New York and you don't go to Lombardi's, you can't call yourself a real pizza fan. And if we want to trace how pizza moved out west, se ha ido expandiendo al oeste, well, we just have to trace the Italian immigrants. Where did they go? And they started in cities like New York, Boston, uh, New Haven in Connecticut, Trenton in New Jersey, which is the capital of New Jersey. And these four cities, they had an influx of southern Italian immigrants from the south of Italy, like my family. As many of you know, my grandfather, his family is from Naples, and my grandmother is Sicilian. So you could say I am southern Italian. At least half of my blood is. So it's no wonder, no es sorpresa, that the East Coast has the best pizza in the world. <laughs> I had to. I had to say it because, of course, we take our pizza very, very seriously. We are very proud of our pizza. And if you ever ask a New Yorker who has the best pizza, they're going to say, what do you think? If you ask a Chicagoan if they have the best pizza, they're going to say, what do you think? So we take this very serious here. But I always say the first is the best. So if New York was one of the first places that popularized pizza, well, I think we know what we're doing. And it's not just the city, it's the water too. As many of you guys know, that dough is made with tap 
water. The dough, otra vez, is la masa, and tap water is agua del grifo. And New York City tap water has a distinct flavor. And there are places in Los Angeles that they ship, right? To ship is eh, mandar. They ship New York City tap water over to Los Angeles. What they do is they use it when they're making their pizza so that they can claim, hey, This is real New York pizza. Now, can I tell you something? I lived in Los Angeles, and I've tried this quote-unquote New York pizza. It's a good effort. That's We'll leave it at that. Ahí lo dejamos. It's a good effort, but you cannot. I have traveled, and I've tried pizza all over the world, and, and believe me, the pizza in Italy is amazing. In Milan, I think I had the best pizza I've ever had in my life. But still, New York pizza has its own signature. It's, it has its own style. It has its own flavor. It has its own mm, aroma. Oh, man. I can just, right now, I can think uh, of that smell of pizza and that cheese and that pepperoni. Oh, we didn't even talk about toppings. Well, in a little bit, we're going to talk about the different kinds of pizza as well. But it's no wonder, no es sorpresa, that obviously the east coast of the United States was where pizza was first popularized. And then as the Italian immigrants made their way out west, well, you started to see more and more pizza places popping up, toma, pizza places popping up on the west coast and in that area. But the first one, New York City, baby, that's Lombardi's. At first, pizzas were sold exclusively by the pie. So if you wanted a slice, you were out of luck. To be out of luck is, pues, no tiene suerte. They didn't have them. But it wasn't until Patsy Lancieri, Patsy Lancieri of Patsy's Pizzeria in New York, started selling pizza by the slice. She said, well, wait a second. If there are eight slices here, ocho trozos, well, we have eight different customers here. And maybe, you know, next time they'll buy two slices. So she was a businesswoman, and she was trying to make some extra dough. <laughs> <laughs> okay, really bad joke. Pasta, dough, dinero, pasta de... de okay. <laughs> she was trying to make some extra dough by selling slices. And did it work? You bet it worked. Of course it worked. Anywhere you go in New York now, it would be unheard of. Insolito. It would be unheard of to, to see a place that says, oh, I'm sorry, we don't serve slices. You know what you do then? You turn around and you walk out the door. But I want you guys to think of something there. This was 1933 that Patsy decided to start selling pizza by the slice. Well, Lombardi's opened in 1905. So it wasn't until 25 years, almost 25 years later, that someone, Patsy, uh, Patsy Lancieri to be exact, had the brilliant idea to sell it by the slice. And here comes the debate, el debate. What is pizza? Because you can't call anything with cheese and bread and, and tomato sauce pizza. I don't think so, at least. Well, there is an association. Associazione Verace della Pizza, which is the true Neapolitan Pizza Association. And it sets forth some rules, some guidelines, directrices, that you have to do in order to call your pizza real pizza. You have to use a specific kind of tomatoes. You have to have the right balance, the right ingredients. I mean, you can look at it. Somebody really took their pizza really seriously. That's the Associazione Verace della Pizza. I remember seeing a documentary about it, and I did think 
think it was fascinating because they wanted to preserve this art, this art form of making pizza. And anybody who's ever seen somebody toss a pizza, to toss estirarlo al aire, no, la masa, uh, you'll see it's an art form. Not anybody can do that. It's, it takes uh, some skill, algo de habilidad. So uh, there's a big debate on what a pizza really is. According to the Neapolitans, none of it is a pizza. None of this stuff you eat is pizza. Sorry. Now you can't go wrong with a slice of plain pizza. Plain pizza, uh, cheese pizza, or margarita pizza, as you guys call it in Europe. We call it plain. Aunque lleva queso y tomate, we call it plain. Sin nada. Plain pizza or cheese pizza. But I like the name margarita, and even more importantly, I like where it got the name. I, I enjoy the whole backstory, and I'll tell you guys a little bit about how margarita pizza got its name in the bonus part of today's show. I'll also tell you about the New York Subway Pizza Connection. What? It sounds like a conspiracy. Well, it could be. It's the New York Pizza Subway Connection. We'll take a look at that in the second part. We're also going to talk uh, a lot about uh, illegal activities and pizza places. We'll talk about famous people who got their start as delivery guys and so much more. I'm even going to tell you about my personal experiences when I was working at my first job. That's right, my first job. Can you imagine little young Alberto, 16 years old, and do you know where I was working? I was working at a pizzeria. <laughs> see, see how deep this goes. I'm, I'm an Italian guy with Italian blood whose first job was at a pizzeria. My grandmother from Sicily made homemade pizza. Do you think I'm passionate about pizza? You could say so. So if you'd like to find out about all that stuff I just told you and more fun facts about pizza, make sure you catch the bonus part of today's show. Remember, the bonus part is exclusively for patrons. And thank you so much to all of you guys who are supporting the work I do. I really appreciate it. We're almost at 100 patrons right now, alrededor de 100. And thank you, thank you, thank you. I cannot thank you guys enough for your constant support. And I want to send you all a shout out right now. Now, if you guys are interested in becoming a patron or you want more information, stop by patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso and you can find out about all the different tiers, los diferentes niveles. Remember, if you have any questions, let me know. So, a shout out to all my patrons, including my super duper students, Roberto, Jose Maria, Mila, Alex, Patricio, Edgar and Loles. And don't forget about my interstellar students, Diego, Diana, Pilar, and Carmen. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. And remember, if you guys want to learn more or you want a free sample, contact me. You can get more information at patreon.com slash Alberto Alonso. So let's talk about these different kinds of pizza. Obviously, there are as many kinds of pizzas out there as there are snowflakes, right? Copos de nieve. They're unique in their own way. But me, I'm a purist, I have to say. I've never been a fan of putting egg on pizza. I mean, do you want me to be honest? My favorite is really uh, plain pizza. 
you know, a cheese slice, a pepperoni is always a good option. I'm a big fan of the meat lovers. Uh, meat lovers is el que tiene todo tipo. The, the meat lovers is like the cholesterol one. <laughs> Bacon, uh, meatballs, all that stuff. I'm, I'm a big fan of that. But you know what? You can't go wrong. Nunca fallas. You can't go wrong with plain pizza. But as you know, you can get very creative as <laughs> anything you can think of can be a topping. Just think about it. A topping. Um, what is this one? The Hawaiian pizza. Really? What are the toppings? It's ham and pineapple? I'm sorry, amigos. I'm not a stickler like our friends over there in the Asociazione de la Pizza. But that's not a pizza. Sorry. And you know what? When you look at the story behind it, I mean, it was event invented by a Greek guy, un tío griego, who was running a pizza place in Canada. Ah, that story's all crazy. So I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to make some enemies, I'm sure, right now. But Hawaiian pizza, you can call it Hawaiian whatever, but don't call it pizza because that's not pizza. Another kind of pizza that's very popular in the United States and is totally different than the pizza in New York City because New York pizza in general has a thin crust. You know, it's it's not too thick. And the pizza in Chicago is like a full-scale meal. Es una comida entera. And it's called deep dish pizza because it's made in this deep dish, una, una, see, un plato ahí profundo, and it's cooked in the oven. And the crazy part is the cheese is inside the pizza. Again, I went to Chicago. I tried it. It was delicious, but you can't call that pizza. I hope no Chicagoans are listening right now. <laughs> Because as I said, we take our pizza seriously. You guys will probably recognize uh, the, the first Chicago deep dish pizzas were created in 1943 by the restaurant that later became known as Pizzeria Uno. Now, I don't know if you have this chain in Spain, but it's a very popular chain in the United States, and their specialty is Chicago-style deep-dish pizza. But as I said, in New York, it's, it's kind of a thinner crust, but it's not crispy. It's weird. New York pizza, as I said, it's in its own category. I remember, too, as I said, you have a million different options over there. When I was in Cambodia, I saw on the menu, I said, I saw happy pizza on the menu. And I, I said to the, the waiter, I said, happy pizza? What, what are the toppings? And he said, weed. And I said, really? Weed is marijuana. And I said, oh, I'm glad I asked. <laughs> Imagine that. Um, a pizza that gives you the munchies. Una pizza que te da más hambre. <laughs> to get the munchies is uh, when you're eating, but you're not really hungry. You're just eating. So <laughs> I'm glad. I, I really am glad I asked because uh, I imagine, you know, you, you start eating it. You have the first slice and you feel okay. The second slice... And after the third slice, maybe you feel like you're you're walking on the moon. <laughs> so be careful. If you ever go to Cambodia, just uh, realize that the happy pizza is called happy pizza for a reason. You, you will have a little grin on your face, right? A grin is una sonrisita. I want to be clear about another thing here. Conveyor belt pizza. A conveyor belt is esta cosa que hay en fábricas que mueve el producto. A conveyor belt pizza, I don't consider that pizza. So sorry, Pizza Hut. I know you guys, you know, you're pioneers in, in the industry and Papa John's and all those guys. But that mass-produced, what I call conveyor belt pizza, 
it's not my cup of tea. No es lo mío. Now, understand, I'll order Domino's, I'll order that stuff if there's no other option. But I always told people, if you live in New York City and you're ordering Pizza Hut or Domino's, something is wrong with you. But we can learn from that word, Pizza Hut, because uh, a hut is un chiringuito. Y antes eran como chiringuitos. They had like this red, if you guys look at the logo, they have the roof, uh, la azotea, of a hut. So that's why it was called Pizza Hut. And lastly, we'll talk about frozen pizza. I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I'm not a big fan of frozen pizza, but I'm glad it exists. And I'll explain why. Because sometimes you don't feel like ordering a pizza or you don't feel like getting delivery, but you feel like having pizza. So what do you do? You go to your freezer and you take out a frozen pizza and you throw it in the oven and that's that. Well, no, 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 no. If you're going to make frozen pizza, here's a little trick my grandmother, my Sicilian grandmother taught me. Kick it up a notch. Now, to kick something up a notch is darle un toque especial. Sube el listón un poco. Kick it up a notch. So if you bought a, a frozen cheese pizza, well, why don't you add some fresh portobello mushrooms and maybe some roasted garlic and who knows, before you know it, you could turn a frozen pizza into a gourmet pizza. Yeah, why not? I've done it. I've made pizzas for my wife that were frozen pizzas, and she tried it and said, this is amazing. Of course, I put fresh mozzarella, I put albahaca, which we say basil. Basil is albahaca. The British say basil. Yeah, no estamos de acuerdo en nada, no? Tomato, tomato. Basil, basil. And last but not least, before we get going, I'm going to give you guys a little trick over here, something that if you're trying to uh, count calories and, and you're watching your weight, as we all should be, uh, there is a way to make pizza a little bit healthier. And the first way to do that is, well, don't order the one with pepperoni and bacon and all that stuff. Just order a plain pizza. I remember uh, when I worked at my first job uh, at Vesuvio's Pizzeria, it was called. And I'm going to tell you more about it in the second part of the show. But I remember uh, one woman who came in every Friday and she said, uh, I want a meat lover's pizza with extra bacon, extra cheese, extra this and extra that. And I said, whoa, whoa. And then she would say, and a Diet Coke, please. Una Coca-Cola light. And I just, the only thing I could do was just laugh in her face. I was like, really? You're not kidding me. A mí no me estás engañando. <laughs> so obviously, be careful. You know, the more toppings you put on there, the more calories. But there's also a trick, and that trick is to blot it with a napkin. Sometimes pizza can be greasy. Graciento, no? Because cheese, what happens? It's fat, and when it melts, well, it gets greasy. But if you take a napkin, una servieta, and you blot it a little bit, well, supposedly, according to the Food Network, you're taking about 35 calories off each slice. But you know what? If you're really worried about 35 calories, maybe you shouldn't be eating pizza. <laughs> That's my advice. Although, in the bonus part of the, the show, we're going to tell you how pizza is actually good for you. There are studies that show that pizza has some positive effects. I'm going to tell you about that and so much more in the bonus part of today's FYI. 